Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we watch an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and I'll be back before you can say, why did he cruelly abandon me like that? In the words of Spongebob. And with me, I've got Liam. I was born with glass bones and paper skin. Every morning, I break my legs, and every afternoon, I break my arms. At night, I lay awake in agony until my heart attacks put me to sleep. Does he say that in this movie? I think you're editorializing a little bit. No, I just, I figured that if this is going to be our one chance to talk about Spongebob, I'm going to get in as much from the original run as I can. That's understandable. Are you a purist? We'll talk about it. Um, And we'll talk about it. That's a yes. And Mitch. In the words of Mr. Krabs, Whatever happened to habeas swordfish? <laughs> I knew you were going to like shit like that. Um, really quick editorial note off the top, speaking of editorializing. Uh, Liam and I are sharing a mic. Um, so you're just going to have to treat this. Think of this in your mind like one of those man on the street Instagram accounts. Like you're in the blunt rotation. That like stops people. So like if there's like a bit of pauses or whatever. If there are pauses, it's just because Corey's bad at editing. Yeah, I'm gonna keep them in. Well, I'm gonna keep them in for the mood. I don't like being like. Why you gotta come at me like this? So also, I did forget my computer, and I'm losing my notes and all of my all of my various things all over the place. Um, so if all of that keeps happening, sorry. Um, this is not what I thought it was at all. Because you had the White Palace. No, it, out. It, it it is. Did White Palace do this? Yeah. Did you remember that? Yeah, it's got all the legacy Universal logos. We're watching White Palace on Laserdisc, which was given to us by by Shane to celebrate our 20th episode. So thank you, Shane. <laughs> We're finally making use of... of did I say 20th? Yeah. Oh, Christ. It's been a long day. I meant 200th. Our 20th episode it, would be crazy. It might have been a belated celebration of episode 20. I bet that was a great episode. Well, I'm, I, the, I'm the upstart here. It I may guess as well it, have been my 20th. I guess it celebrates all... It does celebrate episode 20 as well. We had to get to 200 somehow. True. You don't get to 200 without getting to 20. Without cracking a few 20s. Yeah. Um, so, we're talking about SpongeBob, dude. I'm so excited about this. This is episode 20. <laughs> what movie is 20? I'm not there. Either. Oh my god, was that an accident? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great theme song. Thank you, uh... Oh, what's his name? Kevin? Kevin McLeod. Kevin Mitch, vamp while we find this episode. Can you vamp? I don't know what that means. Just start talking. Oh. So we see uh, James Spader in <laughs> a Mercedes Benz uh, driving down a freeway, and he's looking over his left shoulder, shoulder doing, doing a, little, a little lane check, and now he arrives... <laughs> At an elegant suburban I neighborhood. I wish it was the other one, though. And he pulls up and parks at the side of the road. And, yeah, he puts it into the park. And now we see the interior of an elegant apartment. Maybe it's a home. We're not sure. But so, we see so, an old computer, an old desktop com- desktop computer, excuse me, and terrible. a grand piano <laughs> in the middle of the room, job? tastefully decorated for the 90s, in 90s fashion, some exposed brick on Way the wall being exposed. in 90s fashion. Well, it helps you visualize, maybe. All right. Well, look, and point. look how meticulous he is sweeping the rug. So true. And so now we Mitch, see an open concept Mitchell, kitchen. That's okay. Thank you. Okay. So you're not going to believe this. Can you guess what episode 20 was? What movie would you hate it to be? 
uh, Black Christmas 2019. Well, it's not that, so it's fine. It's Black Christmas 2006, though. Okay, uh, it's well, that's right a bit more before. Forgivable. More forgivable. Um, Whew, that was a close one. It was a close one. So, so now he's in the bathroom. Mitch, no, no, no. We got to talk about SpongeBob now. Okay. Um, I can't believe we're gonna watch a James Spader and Susan Strandon fuck while we talk about screaming my leg. This movie has some pretty hot shit in it. Well, I mean SpongeBob. SpongeBob yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. I want to start with Liam and I, uh, so you'll be able to see this on our social media, but Liam brought a bag of stuff with him today and it's just a bunch of SpongeBob paraphernalia. For real? Can you, well, he's going to get that out first. This is way easier when we have two microphones. Um, and then, so if you ever went to the Scholastic Book Fair, it's very like Scholastic Book Fair core. It's got the vibe of I bought this at the Scholastic Book Fair, except for the best 200 episodes ever, um, which is, uh, frankly, I don't know how you would determine that. Does that mean a bunch of them are bad and then they left those ones out? It's literally just the first 200 episodes. So they're on to something. I mean, I don't I don't know that they that they are. They could definitely have been a bit more conservative with what with what they called the best. So I don't know if this is them being ironic as in like we never missed 200 episodes, <laughs> we didn't miss or if it's them being lazy, it's more marketable to say best, but then easier to not have to pick what actually is the best. But yes, it's it's just see it says here the first 100 episodes the next 100 episodes yeah that does feel like a more self-aware approach for them to take to that kind of thing which is a bit odd but what i want to do is i'm going to hand you the mic like all the way instead of doing the man on the street thing and if if you just want to tell us your spongebob story the, the deep friendship that you have with each other that would be a that would be great spongebob might be the the me the piece of media the media franchise maybe it wasn't a franchise at the time i guess it would have to be because when you put out merch and stuff i guess you become a franchise spongebob might be the biggest piece of media in my life um if i were to if (laughs) has a big relationship with a thing again I have a lot of relationships. I have, I have, I live my life <laughs> in an open relationship, but strictly with media. Um, I, I fuck only films, <laughs> big, long films. I was eleven miles long. Ooh, baby. All right, my new three-hour muse. Okay, please continue. Uh, I don't remember when I first saw SpongeBob, but you know. It, I, if I was born in 96 and the show premiered in 99, I'm sure I was watching it by the time I was five years old. And when I was in the second grade in like 2002, 2003, I remember being excited about the new episodes that were coming out. So um, I was on the ground there. And then I was also, I have a distinct memory of seeing a teaser poster for the SpongeBob movie while I was in uh, on vacation and the the poster just had like the SpongeBob logo and it said 2004 and I think it was only 2002 at this point um maybe 2003 and I remember thinking 2004 is the most futuristic year I could ever imagine I could never I never thought we'd ever get to 2004 um 
So SpongeBob just really stuck with me as a kid. I mean, I thought it was hilarious, and I still do. I think it's a really witty show. Um, it has some hilarious absurdism, but my favorite humor in it is is just some of the the dialogue humor that feels like it came from a bunch of 20 something dudes sitting in a room together trying to make each other laugh because that's what spongebob was originally um people just about our age now who uh would just hang out and into the late hours of the night and and make each other laugh um and i just became so attached to it i really just wanted to live in the world like i thought it was such a unique but welcoming landscape that they had created and and the hawaiian music they use um was was just so immersive to me and so i i had a room decorated in spongebob stuff i had the vhs tapes i would just watch them endlessly on tv quote it with my friends in the third grade i uh i asked my teacher i raised my hand and i was just in the middle of a school day and i said you mind if I uh, get up in front of the class and sing a SpongeBob song right now? <laughs> what did they say? They're very supportive teachers. They said, "Go ahead." Whoa! <clears throat> what did you sing? And I went up with another one of my friends who loved SpongeBob, and we sang the ripped pants song a cappella. <laughs> oh my god! How, I, how did it? How was it received? Um, I mean, it's it certainly wasn't uh, everyone stood up and applauded, <laughs> but I, it wasn't like traumatizing or anything. It's I didn't get bullied. Um, Do you remember how the song goes? When Big Larry came up just to put him down. Um, it was uh, being a kid was so weird. Like some stuff can really affect you, but some stuff just like. A moment passes and then you never think about it again with like any sort of weight like that's something that I should be able to remember like how it was received I should have like been worrying before I went up like is this a cool thing to do I don't know but as a kid you don't think about that stuff you just do it yeah so I just remember that it happened but um and then the I'll try to speed run through this because I could just keep going. But the movie came out. I went to see it in theaters um, with one of my best friends who loves SpongeBob. We loved the movie. And uh, there's a live action scene in that movie where uh, SpongeBob and Patrick kind of like die. They get roasted by a lamb, <laughs> right? And um, the way my dad tells the story is that me and my friend were crying in the in the movie theater. Yeah. The way I remember the story was that was that me and my friend were just kind of like being assholes and like uh, like having a bit of like acting as if ah. it was a big moment. And who's to say what it really was? That's my memory, but maybe I'm just uh, just coping. <laughs> Big time cope that SpongeBob made me cry. And then uh, they started to put out DVDs of the of season four as it came out. Like they put out some of those episodes in advance. And I immediately remember them feeling different. I mean, I liked them okay, but it, it felt super different. And I'm I, with you. I remember that at the time. Um and uh yeah is is this around the time that if you were to go to walmart the advertising strategy changed so alongside the nickelodeon logo and the toy aisle you would get spongebob and dora paired 
because that didn't happen oh, always. Oh, yes. It was the insidious then, corporate there takeover. Like, there was like a conscious, like, we're retooling the the audience demographic for which this is specifically being intended. That is how I remember it anyway. If I were writing a paper on SpongeBob, I would look into that. I don't know if that's true. I don't remember that toy. <laughs> but but I'm not doing that, so why would I? But it no that that seems that sounds really interesting. I would love to check that out. It wouldn't surprise me. Like right around the time the movie came out, I wouldn't say that was peak SpongeBob fandom. It was for me, but in terms of general consciousness, it's a, it's amazing that SpongeBob has continued to last. So maybe it's had another like popular peak. But I do think that that was that was like the first time when they were like, we can really milk this thing. Um, and since then, you know, big fast forward, I stopped following along with every episode around season five. Um, but I still hold a, a strong fondness in my heart. I got all those first three seasons on DVD and I would watch them in high school. Um, me and my friend started writing a SpongeBob fan fiction when I was in the 10th grade, I won't say the name of it, but if you uh, look on a fan fiction website for SpongeBob, one of those is mine. Um, and it was a, just a way for us to make each other laugh and tell this uh, story, but using SpongeBob characters and occasionally having references to the show. Um, I joined a SpongeBob message board in 2014 after I graduated <laughs> high school. Uh, in anticipation of the second movie, I had a period in my second year of university where I tried to catch up on everything, and SpongeBob kind of became a comfort show of mine again. Um, when I was going through a really rough time, when I, I would just like I would watch even modern SpongeBob episodes every morning, and um, I would like watch SpongeBob reviews on uh, on the internet. And so SpongeBob is just always stuck with me. And so I, I wanted to pick this third movie because it is just weird to me that a SpongeBob movie is out there that I haven't seen. This movie's been out there for three years. Um, so that's why I didn't pick the second movie is because I've seen that one. And I figure if we want to talk a bit about it, we can. But uh, that's it. I mean, I haven't seen the... I hadn't seen a SpongeBob movie since the Hasselhoff one. Yeah, so I'm I'm obviously a little behind. I don't necessarily think I was 100% as deep in as you, but I was a big SpongeBob guy, which I'm I I don't know. I think the biggest thing about this is we were exactly the right age to be into SpongeBob like this. And that obviously makes a big difference. But the thing that I remember having that had the wheels rocked off of them the most in terms of just like I'm going to binge watch Spongebob in this way is two things. One was I believe like two different DVDs, but one of them in particular was the one that had the caveman episode and it also had the winter themed one with the snowball fight. And it had uh, Krusty Krab Pizza mm. is the pizza for, for you and me, yeah. Krusty Krab, yeah, 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 pizza is the pizza, yeah, for you and me. 
It's a classic. It belongs in a museum. Fucking losers. You are a fucking loser. I said no pickles. <laughs> So, I'm a big Spongebob guy. But um, the other thing I want to remember so fondly about Spongebob is two things. One is the video now. Yo! <laughs> so, I had a video now. Do you remember these, Liam? Vaguely. I don't have a connection to them. Okay, so I had a video I now. I always wanted one. It is essentially... It was like a postage stamp-sized screen, basically. And it was black and white when they first came out and it was essentially what if a walkman could play cartoons okay and they could because you put a tiny disc in there like a gamecube style disc and it had episodes on it one of the episodes that i had on mine because they would come i believe in twos like you would get two episodes on a disc one of the ones i had on my video now was band geeks which is i think one of the ones most frequently brought up as a classic SpongeBob episode. Like, you get band geeks, you get the one where they're selling chocolate, you get the ripped pants one, you get pizza, pizza. you might, oh, you get the SpongeBob wants to hang out with Sandy, but he needs water <laughs> to live. Um, maybe the pickles one, the bus stop one. Oh, uh, there's many. Um, but I watched Band Geeks so much because it was the one that was like always ready to go. So it's like Band Geeks, the Caveman one, the Snowball Fight one were on a heavy rotation in my life. Um, another personal favorite, um, and I'm just going to tell you which episode it is by just saying a joke from it and you'll just know. That's a circle. It has to be an oval. <laughs> and like, dude. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like you. <laughs> are you are you wearing your anti sea bear underwear? <laughs> this is the part where I say that sometimes when we do comedy, I'm worried that we're just gonna say jokes all the time, but I'm having the time of my life. I think with Spongebob, it's okay, though. That's uh, that's sort of the magic of Spongebob. It's like our generation Simpsons, where yeah. you can kind of just say a quote from those earlier seasons, and, and people our age will, will recognize it and, and spit one back at you. It was, it was just such a unique show in that way, and I, I wonder what Spongebob is like for kids now because uh they might not necessarily be seeing those older episodes like you go on netflix right now there's just some season seven episodes on there and so they can have an attachment to spongebob because it's very accessible and and friendly but i don't know if they're able to to joke about it the way that we will that we're able to because the comedy is so different at this point yeah but they had like the backyardigans and then like minecraft let's plays like, they were covered in just different ways. I think Spongebob <laughs> is, like, one of the last TV shows that probably reached, like, a Simpsons-esque prominence of, like, bit replayability among the people that watched it. To the point that it still goes now. Like, truly, I think that you could go up to anybody our age 
and you could just hit them with a line, any line. Like you can think of like even like an outside the realm episode that maybe people don't go about where it's like we're gonna get 40 lashes and then it's just Patrick with, like you can just do like a deep cut and people will know like if you just hit somebody with a bubble buddy look out <laughs> or something like that like people are just going to know what you're talking about if you walked up to me in the street and you said i've been trying to catch you boys all day or, or if you say like <laughs> i'm the tattletale strangler <laughs> it's the the hash bringing <laughs> the smash bringing <laughs> nosferatu or, or, or just <laughs> my eyes my leg <laughs> oh my leg <laughs> Yeah. Dude, so like I'm not gonna say anything revelatory. I fucking loved SpongeBob. SpongeBob was awesome. I'm in, I'm in the same boat. I'm, yeah, not, gonna, I'm not gonna like you talk. Oh, you did boat. Ah <laughs> Move over, Mrs. Puff. When I hear boat, I think of uh SpongeBob trying to direct the flying Dutchman's ship <laughs> through all the coral and shit. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Don't worry, Captain. We'll buff out those scratches. Dude, the bit where they're like slow mo hacking along through the perfume store, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, like just, it's also that was like every kid going into like any department store did that shit. Like it's weird that it was written by people our age now because it feels like they had such a distinct sense of like relatable childhood incidents. Well, I think it's probably because they were a child not long before then. I mean, there there would be some people on the team who were more in their 30s, but it was quite a young writing staff, and a lot of them are, are still around, still on the show, or still doing other projects, and they're, they're less than 50, and the show has been on the air for over 20 years. So, Yeah, I mean, my experience with SpongeBob has been very similar to, to I think, Corey's. I used to love coming home from school, to watch SpongeBob, and I, I really just need to echo everything you guys have said about it being a a a series that defined a generation or multiple generations at this point. Um, yeah, I I fucking loved it. I remember when the SpongeBob movie came out, and everybody was saying that they were goofy goobers on the schoolyard. <laughs> you, buddy, you could do that with a little bit more passion than that. Nah, you're not gonna do it. Nah, I'm a goofy goober. <laughs> Come on, dude. Sorry, I don't Am I the only person who's gonna scream all episode? I don't wanna I don't wanna embarrass myself in my living room. Um, I'll embarrass myself in your living room, <laughs> kitchen, dining room, basement. But uh but no no Mitch I, is a man now. He has a mustache. He doesn't have to <laughs> do such childish nah, things. No, nah, I don't I don't wanna make a big show of it. Catch I, me in the street walking up to random strangers going, I'm my boy. But just know that I love SpongeBob and I'm looking forward to this discussion. I was just, I didn't expect that one. That's, dude, like I, when you were saying the commonly regarded uh, best episodes, Band Geeks, and yeah. um, I figured you would like hit them dude, all, but oh. now you're saying jokes and I'm just thinking of more episodes yeah. and I'm like, no, that's in contention. Yeah. You like, one of the things you brought is like a, the best 200 episodes. We think that might be a little bit tongue in cheek. You could argue 
that like the best list would be really long. Yeah, it would be it would be most of the first three seasons and even then if you were to cut a few episodes i bet you'd be losing some people's favorite jokes i don't know offhand how many episodes were the first three seasons um and i've got to say you know in poking around in the in the post season three stuff which is now almost two decades old there are some some heaters that that stand up there with the rest of the episodes but um what's a post season three one that might, people might not realize is like like we might know it but not be like oh that's older um or newer, I should say. uh s- season four the one where they um they make a movie and they're like so spongebob has a camcorder i don't remember why they're making the movie but they're making a movie and there's this great running joke where uh spongebob says uh we're working with and then it's like a close-up of his face but he's got real human lips and he goes actors <laughs> that's so f- just picturing that is funny like i don't even need to have seen it um another underrated episode i think before we get too carried away is when they need to repaint mr Krabs's den and they get paint on his first dollar bill that he made, and they need to try to get it off and hide it and all that. Like, just, like, I feel like the show does a really good job of balancing written humor with, like, physical, quote-unquote, humor of, like, they hang SpongeBob, like, up on the wall, and they're like, I know, there's nothing here, like, Elmeo. And it's just, like, it does a really good job threading that needle in a lot of ways. And just doing that, like, Ren and Stimpy-ish thing of just, like, some of it's just grotesque. Like, dried-out SpongeBob is just is just awful to look at. I feel like also just, like, his chapped lips. Yeah. There's something that's, or like, his lower lip, I guess, is, like, red from, yeah. presumably from, like, licking it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man, what's the... That's my favorite shade, blue coral number four. What does he say? Blue coral number something. Yeah, I, I don't remember the number. Blue coral number four, and then but uh, it's that's the one where they're they're hunting. It's like the jaws rip off. They're yeah. hunting the, the the great jelly. The, yeah, the, no, not the great jelly. It's the uh, big clam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The big that, clam right. on the they boat. Do have, they have the one where they go jellyfishing for the big one. Yeah. That's the one. Is that the one where they, uh, Squidward's in the full body cast and then he's like, firmly grasp it. Yeah. And they just fucking stab the net through his hands. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the first jellyfish. That is the jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> it's so good. Dude, this is like, it's a perfect show. And I know that like, it's always weird when a show is ultimately targeted for children for people to say like, Oh, it fell off. And it's like, did it fall off? Or did you turn 16? Like, it's always a conversation worth having. Um, there was a controversy on Twitter today about a new preschool age show of Winnie the Pooh that's coming out. And they've changed the look a little bit. And in particular, you know how Winnie the Pooh usually just like black eyes, like dot eyes. He's got more, like, fully animated eyes. And people are like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? You fucking ruined it, dude. (laughs) Like, people are so angry. And it's like, you realize this is targeting, like, two-year-olds. They don't know what Winnie the Pooh is. Like, 
there's nothing sacrilege. Ha- like no- nobody's stepping on your fucking childhood. People love it's to get so defensive about bear. like like the SpongeBob movie we're going to talk about today looks radically different than the show that we're talking about. Yes, and that's fine because it was. 20- is it? Yeah, we'll have to get into it. It is. It just <laughs> is. Regardless of what you think it is, it is fine because it's like. It's been twenty. I hate when people like it's been twenty you, fucking years, dude. Listen, okay. There's only six Star Wars films. All right, all the other ones don't exist. The, my, like, no, me. my six Star Wars films are the Holiday Special, the one about the Ewoks, uh, Clone Wars animated, Rogue One, and, and then uh, uh, Han Solo. <laughs> And uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. <laughs> Your dad tried to remember what Hansel and Gretel is called? <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah, Hansel and the girl. Like and they people. go to the house. Yeah. Whose house is this? Who be about there in Look the Look how they massacred Winnie the Pooh. Anyway, Winnie the Pooh's going to be fine. But, um, that, I mean, this happened. And then on the other hand, like a British company made like a Winnie the Pooh slasher, which yeah. we, sh- we should watch on this show. It counts. It counts. It counts. It counts. So do we just want to talk about the movie? Because otherwise I think we are getting dangerously close to like we're just going to scream about SpongeBob, SpongeBob for a while, yeah. which I think is good. Yeah. That was that was kind of my hope. Like that we wouldn't get to the movie. Like I, I do want to talk about the movie, and even before I saw it. Um, but we need to do more of this. I was well. I was just thinking, if this is our chance to talk about SpongeBob, right? That's such a. That's one of my favorite things about this podcast is that we can backdoor our way into having a greater discussion about yeah. the bigger thing. So, um, and so I guess I'll say on that note. Well, then I'm not in a rush. Okay. Um, slow down. All right. Let's take your time. Uh, Hold that thought. Uh, who lives in a pot? <laughs> I realized that halfway through what it sounded like. Um, in terms of someone's childhood being ruined, um, <laughs> I guess I, I understand people initially feeling that way. You know, it's like, I think what it really comes down to is that people want their their memory or their their perception of something as being good to be eternally preserved. And so if something comes out later that's bad, they they feel like it it makes the original thing yeah, less good. And I do understand that. Um like it 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 would be really cool if SpongeBob had just been a perfect three-season show, I really do think it w- it would have been perfect. Some episodes I like less than others, but I don't think any of them in that first those first three seasons are bad. And then I think the movie is a is a good cap. That would have been cool, but um, I'm at the point now where I think, you know, it's such it's such an inviting world. That stuff still exists. Um, if it's going to be like no more SpongeBob and kids maybe are less likely to find those first three seasons, because if SpongeBob doesn't exist anymore, kids aren't gonna have as much reason to seek out the first three seasons. They're not going to know about it. Um, and that might, that makes them less likely to like see the brilliance. So why not 
keep it going, get more kids aware of it, and and they can maybe kids today love where SpongeBob is at now, and then maybe they'll also go back to that other stuff and end up liking it as well. It is worth like I think that <laughs> this might be like a weird poll, but I think children's programming and horror have a similar problem in that like that how quickly people go like you've destroyed this thing i remember at the time of that branding pivot happening where it was like you'll see a toy display and the banner on it may have like spongebob and dora on it together i remember people saying like oh they're making spongebob for babies and like they're ruining it and, like they're this isn't like our thing and it's like we were like children already projecting this like perceived slight onto the rest of the world about spongebob and it's like first of all it's not that serious second of all it's like we're not little kids anymore so it's like the company is allowed to do that they want to brand things a little bit differently but that connection that you feel to it and it being such a big influence on how you feel about the ways that a company or a creator or whoever might go on to use that thing is like really interesting when people are like hey you're not doing spongebob correctly it's like what does that mean is it like and i also think that that's become a much more heated topic since steven hillenberg died because now people can also further make the argument and perhaps they're right who am i to say but just like they're milking it he didn't want anybody to do anything else with it and it's like there's that there's a kid show now where they're at like a summer camp and they're all kids and it's establishing like this movie does that like everybody knew everybody before and there's like all this like extra lore and it's like does that take away from the thing can you just ignore it is it just not for you all of those things are like worth making a consideration about i fall into the camp of like if i don't think it's for me i just ignore it where it's like they're not making the summer camp themed spongebob kids show for the 25 year old person who used to watch spongebob so i don't need to take that into account of my overall assessment of like what does this thing mean to me now because it's just not that deep i can have the attachment to the to the the era of the thing that i had without being like and then they they gave spongebob a human person's head on a sponge body and i thought that was really fucked up and now i'm i'm out and it's like yeah who cares like they're, they're gonna keep making it you thought it was funny when the show did a walk cycle bit i love that bit dude fuck the walk cycle is so funny the walk cycle is so funny honestly the first time i saw the walk cycle it actually kind of like scared me as a kid because it goes on for so long it becomes uncanny and like almost threatening yeah. Yes, SpongeBob really did have some of those some of those qualities where they were just inspired by weird things. Like even in the uh the episode you mentioned where they go through the perfume department, perhaps you recall when they go through the Flying Dutchman's like zipper thing yeah. to go through a, a portal to to another dimension there's just like four seconds where they're just basically <laughs> like kind of going through the tunnel in willy wonka yeah, yeah, just yeah. horrifying images dude it's so crazy or like when uh 
Patchy and his parrot, whose name escapes me, but is just a puppet of a bird. And they're just like in his house. And he's like lives in suburbia. And he's just like, I spent my whole life doing this thing. It's the walk cycle bit. But he like tears his room apart. And it's just a grown man in a pirate costume tearing apart a room full of SpongeBob paraphernalia. And it's like, this is kind of unsettling. And just like a weird like, what's this guy doing kind of way. It, it has interesting stuff going on in it for sure. Um, it's also crazy how the longer we're doing this and the more we mention bits, like the more bits I'm remembering like, this could just be, like, a two-hour bit recital, and I would be completely fine with that, I think, at this point. Oh, underrated thing. This is the other thing I wanted to mention. Allow me to roll this back a little bit. There were a few quite good SpongeBob video games as well. Oh, hit and... No, The Simpsons was hit and run. There yeah. was a, but there was an open-world one that came into the original Xbox. Well, open-world. Open it just had big levels. World, it was Bikini Bottom. Battle for Bikini Bottom, I believe. I think that was it. Yeah, and like yeah. you were you were doing the spatula moves, you had to hit the robots, and you could get like yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That you game could, was fucking sick. You slide around on your tongue and do yeah. tricks and eat pussy. <laughs> I love how you whispered that with such a sense of guilt. I didn't want to say it. You just let the intrusive thought win. <laughs> I bet he's crazy at it. <laughs> he can also turn his body into any shape. He can multiply. Like a bigger tongue. Or <laughs> 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 like an ass. Okay, that's it. That's all my gross, stupid, unfunny joke. That's a lie. They're very funny. But, um, great video games. Um,. There was also like a Nicktoons All-Stars game. And it was like, what if SpongeBob and Danny Phantom teamed up? Yeah, dude, you're unlocking. This is, these are memories me. I, I, I forgot. I've forgotten about that one. No, yes. it was a classic. Jimmy Neutron was there. Yeah. yeah. That was so Timothy. good. Um, Timothy. Also a good amount of, of good Flash games. Yeah. Remember Flash? You mean like bootleg Flash games or like real ones? Uh, like licensed games? I don't know how they worked. I think they were licensed, but, like, they were just for free on the internet. Right. But, like, they, I think they would be on Nick.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like a web... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those were good. There was also... Um, there was a CD-ROM game that I might have got in a cereal box, but... Was it the boat? Like, mm. you had to drive the boat? <laughs> no, that sounds good, though. There's a, there's a cereal... There's a cereal box CD one where you had to, like, do... It was, like, the boating lesson... And you had to, like, go over obstacles and stuff to, like, prove to Mrs. Puff that you were, like, good at driving? No, I didn't I didn't get that one. one. Thing. You know what's funnier than 24? 25. <laughs> um, Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I hoped for. Uh, um, nice. Yeah, the CD-ROM game, it was called Employee of the Month. And it was about... Uh, spongebob um gosh what was the premise regardless uh it was like a point and click game but it was 3d and it really it was catnip for me because it felt like i like was spongebob like living it, it, it felt like the grand theft auto of spongebob where like it was it was grounded in spongebob reality whereas like battle for bikini bottom 
you know, was a bit more fantastical, but this one, he's just like walking around and it felt like I was living in the world. Um, and I think those are the, to try to put a pin on it, those are the two factors that got me most about SpongeBob is the, the humor, which I think is often very dry, which you wouldn't necessarily expect in a, uh, a kid's animated cartoon show. And I think a lot of that, the dry wit, um, is absent from the later seasons. Do you think that was, do you think that was a deliberate, like we're going to take a different approach because we're skewing it younger? That was the argument I heard the most, or do you just think like the sensibility changed? That's a good question. I really, I don't know how something like that happens. Cause it was, it was pretty drastic. I think it might be, uh, oh, it's hard to talk when I'm, uh, and the Laserdisc movie Mitch has on, it's very erotic right now. We're watching White Palace. I mean, it doesn't get much more erotic than that. <laughs> People have theorized on what happened, like some crew member changes, but a lot of the crew, the writing team actually stayed on, yeah. Uh, Steven Hillenburg moved into an executive producer role after the after the movie. All the way up to this movie. Yeah. So when people are like, this is unsanctioned street ball of SpongeBob, it's like, yeah, he was there. Man, Kathy like, Bates is in this movie. Yeah, did you not notice that last I time forgot. I forgot. It's a bit part. She's everywhere, man. Um, I, I, yeah, I do just, maybe it's just, it's easier to create episodes um, more click quickly when they don't have that humor in them. Uh, or like, you can't come up with those jokes forever, you know? Yeah. So maybe it's just like at some point it's easier to have the humor be more physical um, and be less abundant. Like those early SpongeBob episodes are really like a, uh, they are like the Simpsons where it's like you're, they're doing a joke. You're, they're going for a laugh like every few seconds, you know? Yeah. Whereas the later SpongeBob uh isn't isn't really like that it's more of like a a zany ride but it's ne not necessarily trying to make you laugh like a comedic like a comedy show it's more trying to entertain you right it's like something to watch rather than something to like behold <laughs> because like it, it really does feel though like the early seasons they must have had like so much ready to go it's like we just need to put all these bits somewhere and like that's it's like wall to wall Mitch, you want to get in on this, or are you too white palaced out? Sorry, I'm just completely taken with Kathy Bates' outfit right now. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll keep talking about SpongeBob, and you can... So, uh, question, because I don't remember, but I'm hoping somebody will. What is the name of the old man that he gets the drinking hat from out of his grave? It's like, I'm very, I have it on the tip of my tongue. It's too deep of a cut for me. I don't, I don't know who you mean, but I don't remember the Smitty name. Smitty Warman Yeggerman Jensen. Thank you so much. Yeah. He was number one. He was number one. And on the grave, when they've got, like, the, the wooden extension to get his full name on the headstone. He was number one! Also, that's the same episode where, uh, I believe Mr. Kraz said, Come on, Spongebob, take that hat off, you look like a girl. And Spongebob goes, Am I a pretty girl? And Mr. Kraz just goes, Uh, yeah, you're beautiful. <laughs> it's just like, dude, fuck. What a... I'm, I'm noticing something as we record. I can't 
do a SpongeBob quote and not replicate the tone of voice. No, I, like there's no way to do it. Like you can't just go like, oh yeah, the my leg guy. I wish my friend Eric was here because he you talk about this guy a lot. He should, should he just be like he on can the show do every impression on that show. He's he's got a great Squidward. He's got a great Patrick. He's got a great SpongeBob. He can do them all. Wait, so does anybody here feel like they can do the laugh? No. Does anybody want to try to attempt it? Well, you're I tried. unwilling to attempt it? I'm unwilling you fucking to attempt coward? I tried before you came over today. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I was practicing it in the mirror. Liam, do you have this in the bag? I don't. I'm just not really a voice guy. I know the technique. Like, I've watched enough behind the scenes to know that he does the laugh and then he does the, the throat tap, but I wouldn't be able to do it. I Are you willing to try? At... Are you going to call me a coward if I don't? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You are? No, I'm not. not. I went to go do it, and I could I could see into the future <laughs> and see that it wasn't going to work out. I mean, I'll do it. It's not going to work. Because, like, first of all, I'm trying to not laugh right now just thinking about doing it. But maybe just laugh. <laughs> But like I, I need an organic laugh, and I just <laughs> and I start punching you in the neck. Don't move. Stay. Lift your chin up and stay right there. I'm gonna karate chop your Adam's apple until I turn it into an an Adam's apple. <laughs> oh yeah, they love karate. As he racistly yes. says. Is it racist? I don't know. It was funny to say Karate it, though. is just like mispronouncing a word. Yeah. You're right. I don't know if it's racist. So next time I have a good laugh... <laughs> next time I have a good laugh going, I'll just try to remember to do it. Because I want, I want to give myself the best chance of, as possible of not uh, embarrassing myself as badly as I... I, you, you're, I you're the editor, man. Yeah, you I'm going to keep it in because it's better those... content, though. Uh, you could get rid of it. I won't though, because our listeners demand. Do you think if 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 Danny knew that there was a SpongeBob laugh attempt in here and I didn't do it, that he'd be happy? Do you think Chaz would be happy? Do you think Dave would be happy? Well, they would never know. Do you think Shane would be happy? If you cut this whole part out, they'd never know. Do you think any of these people would feel joy? They in would this? never know. They might. But what they don't know can't hurt them. But they'll know. They're gonna know. <laughs> They're not gonna know. I did it. Nice attempt. That was good. No. You, you should have kept that in. No. When, don't you dare lie to our people. Why did you cut it out? I'll beat your ass. Uh, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> um, You know, part of me, because uh, a lot of this has just been us reciting bits. I mean, I think in reciting all the bits, it 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 it, it shows that... Um, that SpongeBob is such a such a magical thing, and I think we have commented on that. Um, but part of me worries that people are going to hear this episode and they're going to be like, "This is nothing. They're barely talking about anything. I don't know what any of these jokes mean." But I am so confident in SpongeBob and SpongeBob's reach that I think there will be a lot of people listening to this who have the same love that we do, or even if they don't recognize that they have the same love, they're going to hear some of these jokes and. It's just a, a communal experience. I mean, I think it says a lot that this is one of the few times on this podcast where we've all come in to a property and been like, we all love this property. It, I think it does say a lot, too, that it, like how effortlessly it does slip into like, we're just going to do bits and just the joy of that on its own 
just reciting the bits is just like incredible it's such a thrill i really like doing it like some of them are just like oh man dude the one that you opened the show with like i'm so jealous just because like reciting that's like so funny i could probably do it without even having to read it yeah. like and it's just like the i might even do it again just to like really get in there <laughs> what if i just did it again <laughs> just to feel the moment <laughs> but no that's a little too indulgent i think even for us i was bored with glass pots and papers again every morning i break my legs and every afternoon i break my arms at night at night dude i personally lie awake in agony until my heart attacks put me to sleep at night, at night. Or when he's walking in the door, and he's just like, <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I didn't hit it fast enough. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> Why did you say "Holy fuck"? Did you feel the spirit of SpongeBob? Coming through your body. I'm a vessel. I'm sorry, bro. I'm just a vessel. <laughs> Whoa, you can do it. Was that good? Yes. Okay. It was way I, better than mine. All right, then I kind of got it. I got that SpongeBob Riz. I'm just a vessel, dude. I think I said it because I was surprised that it even worked like a little bit. It didn't sound good when I'm like, oh, that is what he does. <laughs> he, Tom Kenny isn't a fucking liar. <laughs> he was just doing it for the cameras. I, I'm actually pretty pleased with how that worked out on my end. That was really good. I'm, I'm cutting it out, though, because you talk so much shit. <laughs> Why not? Yo, dude's got the, the blah deck. I got the... Got the bars. I'm honestly thinking that you're gonna do yours, but you're just gonna edit it by pulling a clip from SpongeBob. <laughs> That'd be really good. Or I thought you were gonna say that I would take yours and put it in where I did it. <laughs> Dude, your poll of Liam's poll of I'm just a vessel is one of the best timed <laughs> jokes of a that's also a callback we've ever it's had. A great reference. Holy shit. Shout bro, out to Blade. Bro, I'm big just SpongeBob a fan, I bet. Okay, here's my here's the deal. We can all do one more joke if we'd like, and then I'm gonna do this movie. We'll get into the movie. How do we feel about that? Let's do it. Okay, Mitch, do you have one more SpongeBob joke you would like to recite? No, no, I'm alright. Are you sure? If you do it again after this, uh you'll be executed. Alright. Okay. I might be paraphrasing a bit, but it's something like You've got to go sit over there. Weenie Hut? No, 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 that one. Weenie Hut Juniors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could do Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast. And then he... Without any milk. Um, but the one that I was uh, going to do... Underrated in this current day and age of ours is... Uh, do you want to see me run over to that rock? Do you want to see me do it again? <laughs> great visual bit, but great delivery of like putting it over the edge. 
Um, it's up there, in my opinion, with how much I laugh when I think about the Fairly Odd Parents joke, where he goes, I am the Bull E, and it's a bull in an E shirt that looks like the Bull E. And I'm just like, this is good comedy, dude. Are we going to have to do the Drake Bell Fairly Odd Parents movie to talk about Fairly Odd Parents? I could, I could do an episode on Fairly Odd Parents. It's good stuff. This is where I'd put my trophy. Most of it would just be talking about my uh, childhood awakening from seeing Vicky. You were a Vicky man. <laughs> Big, like, bazonga hungas? What was that? Was that what that hand motion was? They're triangles, Liam. <laughs> it's an angle. It's all in your mind. What do you think? Does th- what did you think that Doug Dimidome had under that hat? Was it just a real big forehead, like a really big one, <laughs> like a huge one? <laughs> so this movie is called the SpongeBob Movie, Sponge on the Run. Despite two things, one, it's not the SpongeBob Movie. <laughs> it's a couple different ones, and um. I wouldn't say he's on the run most of the movie. He's in search of something. Who isn't? Sponge on a quest. Sponge Quixote. All of these things. Sponge Quixote. Um, Not really running until the very end of the film. And even then, they stop to have a legal fight. They do. This movie is about Spongebob. And uh, he's got a snail named Gary. Mm-hmm. They're best friends mm-hmm. since his childhood, we learn mm-hmm. in this film. They've got new canon information. Put it on your wikis and your fandom.coms. They've known each other since he went to summer camp as a bitty baby boy. He offered him a pickle. That's not what you think. That's not what you think. Um. And then they got up to all sorts of... They lived a whole life together. And uh, so they get up one day. They're just doing normal life stuff. They're doing, I would say, typical SpongeBob hijinks for a while. Plankton wants the Krabby Patty secret formula, etc. All of these things. Everybody's there. Sandy builds a robot. The robot can drive. The robot is voiced by Aquafina from the hit film Ocean's 8. Um... That was a joke, Mitch. Thank you for uh, reacting silently, but not into the microphone. That's awesome. Um, so good. Meanwhile, Poseidon, yeah? Slightly different look King Poseidon. Lives in a... S- what? You said look King Poseidon. <laughs> look King Poseidon. I didn't even notice that. Did not do that on purpose. Nobody's that good. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Not even me. Um, so Poseidon lives in Las Vegas, basically. Well, Atlantic City. No, Atlantic the, City is the joke that they're making, yeah, which is a great bit. <laughs> and um, he, in this iteration, is a voiced by Matt Berry, which is just a joy. What a lovely man. B is like extremely vain and like wants to be young forever, and the way that he does that. Is um snail trail goop keeps your face youthful. He runs out. Plankton needs a way to get rid of SpongeBob so we can finally scheme correctly as he learns from his wife, Karen, a computer. 
Um, and from there, Plankton steals Gary, gives it to Poseidon, and then SpongeBob is the most heartbroken, crestfallen sponge you've ever seen in your ding-dang life. And they have to go on a journey to go find him in Atlantic City. And along the way, they meet Sage. Also, uh, there's a driver who goes with them who's a... It's the robot, we know. All right, okay. But they meet Keanu Reeves' disembodied head in a tumbleweed. And then I would just say hijinks ensue. And then once Patrick and SpongeBob get themselves into a bit of a situation, uh, the gang has to come help and the power of friendship happens. Cast and crew. A lot of it is, uh, if you can believe it, the, the cast of SpongeBob. So I didn't actually uh, do a lot of credits for those because it's like we know, <laughs> you know. So where we're going to start is Tim Hill directing and did the screenplay and has a story credit. He's one of the co-creators of SpongeBob. He's been around the block for a while. Granted, he also did Alvin and the Chipmunks from 2007 and Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. So proceed with caution. Um, the story is also by Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, who worked on Alvin and the Chipmunks 2, The Squeakquel, and also Kung Fu Pandas 1 through 3, and uh, Monster Trucks. That does mean that they did lay the foundation for a uh, friend of the show, Ben Meckler, to continue working on Kung Fu Panda with Kung Fu Panda the Dragon Knight streaming now on Netflix. <laughs> so you can go watch that if you want. <laughs> They also worked on a uh, unproduced draft of Freddy vs. Jason. Was that was that movie only getting writing duos? <laughs> like, what's up with that? Yeah, it it had a lot of them. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why. I mean, maybe they just thought two heads was better than one. One person can Be give Freddy, Freddy and one gives Jason. It, I guess that's probably it. Um, and obviously it's based on a TV show that was also created by Steven Hillenburg. The movie's dedicated to him as well, with a funny little SpongeBob drawing at the end. <laughs> Looks like a napkin, kind of, like you were in a bar and you were like, what if I just imagined the greatest cartoon character of all time? Yeah, that's one of his, like, that's the original sketch that he did. How many people have that tattoo, do you think? I've been trying to think of what I should do for my first tattoo. That's honestly a good idea. I think that's cool because you could do it at a variety of sizes and they would all kind of be cool. Like you could do a big old like calf tat and that would kind of, that would kind of be sick. Or you could do like a little wrist guy or something. You could do like, yeah, you just look at them whenever you want. Feeling blue? Not anymore. SpongeBob's there. And then the other wrist get doodle bob. <laughs> it's like a love hate on your knuckles kind of situation. Um, this movie is edited by Mike Andrews, who edited uh, Shrek's one through three. He worked on the first one, edited the next two. Mega Mind, and perhaps most notably, uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, the brand new animated Spider Man movie that I would like to see and, and have not. We saw the last one in theaters, Liam. Yeah, dude, if you want to link up and do it, maybe we could talk about it on the pod. I want to see it. I want to link up and do it, and maybe we should do it on the pod. Maybe you guys could invite me. You should come. Okay. Cool. Good talk. Thank you. Um, This movie is cinematography by Peter Lyons Collister, who worked on Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, Clifford the Big Red Dog, 2021. 
Garfield 2. The Amityville Horror 2005. Is that good? You nodded. Just a nod of remembrance. Also, though, Halloween 4. And then uh, the music is by Steve Mazzaro. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So the Andrew Garfield one, but 2. The Boss Baby 2. The Seance, which is relevant to our interests. And uh, Bullet to the Head. Not to be confused with Bullet in the Head. Bullet in the Head is a John Woo movie. Movie? Bullet to the Head is a Sylvester Stallone movie. They're very different. The music also by Hans Zimmer for some reason. I know, right? It's weird. Mitch doing more visual gags for us. Um, so, cast of this movie. Little bit unusual. Got a variety of cameos. But, let's do the big ones first. I think that's the uh, prudent course of action. And I think the biggest one for our purposes is perhaps slightly unexpected. But if we're being realistic, it's Clancy Brown. The return. Return of the king, return of our scourge, return of the devil himself. (laughs) Clancy. Clancy's back. It's been too long. Uh, I'm almost thankful I didn't have to see his face in this movie because I don't know if I could have taken that. This is a good way to ease back into it. Our uh, friend turned nemesis turned friend. It was uh, good to hear from him. It was good to hear from him. We have a long and storied history with that man. What a what a roller coaster ride! I know we'll we'll need a fan to put together the Clancy Brown cut of this podcast so someone can catch up. But I think it started with Pet Cemetery Two. It did start because that's where he goes particularly off the rails. Right, and there's no way we would have just brought him up before then. But then after that, he appears in many other episodes. Um, despite not being in the movies, he just had a hold on us. So true. I, I would love a Clancy Brown cut. I would listen to that. Dude, are you kidding me? Um, so we've got Tom Kenny as SpongeBob, and also Gary. Um. We've got uh, Bill, never had to say this name before, Fagerbach, Fagerback, maybe, it's Patrick, Roger Bump Ass as Squidward, but he's never heard that one before. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Lawrence as Plankton, just Mr. If it ain't broke. We've got Carolyn Lawrence as Sandy. We have Jill Talley as the voice of Karen, computer wife, as we've established. Um, then we've got Matt Berry as Poseidon. Matt Berry is so famous now that I don't need to introduce who he is. But for a while there, that wasn't true, except Liam's giving me a look like I'm going to need to introduce who this is. Yeah, sometimes you make me feel dumb with these things, Gory. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I recognize his voice for sure, but I don't He's know. Got a- He's got a very specific cadence to how he speaks. So you would probably recognize that before anything else. Just like the, hello there, father! Like, just like the weird, like, tone. But um, he, 
I first saw him in the TV show The IT Crowd. You may remember that. You may not. Um, also, if you've watched uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, he's in that. Um, he is, I forget the character's name, but he's like the long haired guy. The long haired, he's like the main guy, actually. The guy who isn't Garth. Yeah, he's like the main doctor who's like dealing with Richard Iowade's shit. Um, so they worked on those things together. Um, apparently he's on the book of Boba Fett. That's kind of cool. Um, you would know him from what's the name of the Taika Waititi vampire show. What we do in the shadows. He's on that. Just the show? I don't know. He might also be in the movie, but he's definitely on the show. And I know that definitely rocket hit him up the stardom rankings. Apparently he is in the sponge out of water movie from 2015. As Bubbles? Who's Bubbles? Oh. Bubbles, uh... Remind me. Bubble. You've seen the second movie? No. Oh, right, right, okay. So, so, yeah, Bubbles is a new character for the movie, but Bubbles is the best part of the movie. Bubbles is, like, this uh, godlike space dolphin who is in this spaceship that just has to look over the Earth and make sure the Earth is okay. Um... Great, great character that to- like perfectly walks the SpongeBob line between being absurdist and also being uh, humorous on paper as well. There you go. I'm realizing how long we've been going at this. I'm going to pick things up a little bit here. We've got Keanu Reeves. Everybody knows Keanu Reeves. We've got Antonio Raul Corbo as the voice of young SpongeBob. Aquafina is the voice of Otto the Robot. Then I'd like to introduce some curveballs into the equation, um, including but not limited to Reggie Watts as the voice of the Chancellor. That's pretty cool. But as you keep going, you start to get a little bit confused by what you're reading in the credits list, including uh, Snoop Dogg as the Gambler. What? Danny Trejo as El Diablo. Huh? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, oh, I should also add, uh, these credits were separated on this list for some reason. We've got Presley Williams as young Sandy, Jack Gore as young Patrick, Jason Maybaum as young Squidward, shout out to my boy, young Squidward. Um, (laughs) also in the weirdest cameo of the whole movie, I think, um, Tiffany Haddish plays like the MC of the casino where they do the legal trial. Okay, I knew I But the character is just a fish that looks like Tiffany Haddish. Like she has a mole in real life and the character has a mole and her necklace says Tiffany and it's like, children don't know who the fuck this is. Like... They must have been banking on people knowing because when she shows up, she she does an explanatory joke. She says... She says, it's me, Tim, uh, Tiffany. Tiffany Haddock? Yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah. the, what's Haddock. the fish? Is that a Haddock? Haddock. Yeah. The f- yeah. So yeah. she does a fish pun on her name. Yeah. But like, and look, this is me, this is by no means me disparaging Tiffany Haddish. A, she's extremely famous. Well, I, people I, know who she I think, is. I think part of the appeal of SpongeBob is just these, these jokes that aren't designed to land with kids or these references. But like, but here's my thing though. And I mean this like, honestly. Well, I don't see why this is objectionable. <laughs> My, <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I just doesn't it seem like a it just seems no, like a weird it's just, choice it's fun. To me. Okay. F U N. 
F is for friends that do stuff together. U is for you and me. I'm really flat. N is for no sir. N is for nuclear bombs. N is for no survivors. Dude, down here with my best buddy. <laughs> Do you like this greatest show on earth, dude? That's what I'm saying. Actually, no, you're mistaken. The greatest show on earth is the greatest show. It was huge barbecue showdown. Shut up. We're not doing this. Fuck again. you. Big team, more like big fucking shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Don't. 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 There's a fucking car backing up out there? Don't. <laughs> you is for uranium. Or whatever he says. You F is for fire that burns down the whole time. You is for uranium bombs and is for oh, no survivors. We got there. Folks, we fixed it. <laughs> And is for nuclear holocaust. Um, <laughs> could you imagine if he said that? Could you imagine if Plankton said holocaust on SpongeBob? F is for flying toward the Twin <laughs> <laughs> And is for inside job. <laughs> Mr. Krabs, a second boat has hit the crusty crab. <laughs> Squidward has constructed a kill dozer. He would be the guy to do he it. Would be. See his brother Squilliam on the news being like, We had no idea. <laughs> he was such a nice boy. <laughs> I had no idea. I should probably ask. I should probably ask what people thought of this movie. But actually, first I'll say one thing to keep in mind with this movie: it looks radically different from SpongeBob. It's like a 3D animated, fully rendered visual approach. And I'll say up front: I'm prepared to speak for everybody, but if I get any glares, I guess I won't. It looks really good for what it is. It just doesn't look like 2D SpongeBob. They actually do quite a good job, I think, keeping it consistent between those things. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see. Liam's starting to look inquisitive. All the 9-11 jokes are over. So uh, I'll just let him talk about how he feels about the movie in general. If you want to start with the other, that's fine. If you don't want to, you don't have to.
You live in you live in your own life. That's all I'm saying. Just believe in yourself. Give him the mic already. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fuck you. This is my house. Right. I, I agree that I think the movie looks good, like in in practice. Um, Not my SpongeBob. <laughs> I gave I gave my inquisitive look because I was just wondering what you meant by saying that like it is consistent across uh like 2D and 3D like what what did you mean I guess what I mean is like it doesn't feel like a huge departure it just feels like a different rendition of things that feel familiar like it's not like they were like and now the Krusty Krab is like a fucking swanky lamb. It just looks like Laffy Taffy. Like that one where he's a waiter and like, it's a swanky uh, lamb. My, my issue with how it looks is that everything looks delicious. Yo, that's crazy. Uh, I have one quick note on that. Mm. Who asked? <laughs> Come on. I want to know what Mitch thought about this I just this thought it movie. all looked really... I what you thought and now you're doing what he thought. I thought it... We have rules, dude. Liam, we have... Okay, Liam, you can go first. No, you, t- you, t- you take it away, Mitch. No, no, I want to know. You're the authority on SpongeBob. You, you, I just wanted to say that it looked delicious. <laughs> yeah. Especially that one scene where, uh, where, where, uh, Plankton, that little like, that little, uh, you know, that, that little plankton? like pickled bitch gets gets caught inside of Patrick's dumper. My god, when he gets in there, that's a really tasty I thought, scene. I thought you were going to talk about the <laughs> body horror scene where he gets sliced in pizzas and deep fried alive. That part's pretty good too, but I'm more about the scene where he gets like ensconced within Patrick's buttocks. <laughs> anyway, uh, Liam, take it away. Uh, yeah, I would also agree that the movie looks delicious, um, but that said, I don't. I don't. How do I say it? I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to say artfully that like. It looks good, but I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. Um, it's not for you. And I don't think that's simply because it 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 was previously 2D and now it's 3D. Um, there's just something about the. It it feels like it diminishes the world of SpongeBob to me and makes it feel too similar to other worlds I've seen before, um, and it really took me a long time to become used to these voices coming out of these character designs. I don't know if I ever got used to it. In fact, like the opening scene when SpongeBob and Patrick are are yelling back and forth to each other saying good morning like the voices did not look like they matched the bodies um and so if this were like a different an original uh property i think that i would have less of a problem with it but it's like i um i i find it 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 just it's like i've seen that it can be what to me is like more visually interesting has more character to it and so having been there before um that's what bothers me not necessarily because it's not what it used to be it's just that i'm not liking it as much and i know that if it were changed i think i would like it more if they had kept with the 2d but 
I know it's a tough sell nowadays. I mean, even the 2015 movie was marketed heavily upon using the 3D, um, even though a, lot, a large chunk of that movie ended up being 2D. They marketed it 3D because um, that's just uh, that's more where we're at now. That's what people want to see. Anyway, we'll talk about that more as I go. Um, I will just say in general... I don't want to talk long because I really do want to hear what you guys have to say. I, I did not like this movie. Um, I think it feels like wow. a... Yeah. I'm actually not surprised by that. I, I think it feels like a disjointed series of unfunny sketches. I don't feel like the, the story and the jokes have any gravitas to them. Um... The previous movies um, feel like they have been laid out and structured like a, like a three-act story. And they take some wild detours, particularly that second movie. Um, but I still think they are anchored by something that you know, a through line that makes uh, makes the story feel worth telling. And this doesn't have that. This feels like I could have put on any of those, like, later SpongeBob episodes on shuffle. And I just, I get a few of the, the bits from there. Um, that coupled with the fact that I, I didn't like the 3D animation you know, combine that with the story often coming to a halt with these flashback sequences. I think the celebrity cameos are distracting, um, which is a shame because SpongeBob has artfully used celebrity cameos in the past. I mean, patchy, patchy, yeah. Um, also like Hasselhoff in the first movie, but when Hasselhoff shows up, it it feels. It feels like it is in service of the story, um, and this did not feel that way to me. Um, I think it it mostly feels like something that you would want to put on to like pass time with your kids and and entertain them, um, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like something that a kid would be attached to once they reach adulthood. Like the Live in La Vida Loca sequence where they're just singing along to a song. Um, there are a lot of licensed songs in this that I think feel out of place by perhaps my second, third favorite band of all time, Weezer. Weezer has two songs in this movie, and I don't like it. And if that's not going to win you over, yeah, what will? Three Weezer songs? Four we what if the whole blue album the blue one the blue one was in this movie? They use a cut from the teal album with their take on me cover and it's just not blue enough, oh, I that's guess. The Weezer one? Hmm? I don't like it. Yeah. Neither did I. It sounded like I'm not gonna lie, it sounded like copyright free music they found of a band covering ah. Yeah, that's kinda what the teal album's <laughs> whole thing is. They just they cover all the songs straight up. Um Yeah. Uh, there are some jokes that I did like it. What the whole thing wasn't miserable. Sort of how there are episodes post season four, post season four, post season three that I like, and so I actually am okay with 
I, I like that this exists and that it could get people into SpongeBob and that some kids, you know, this could be one of their favorite movies and that's really cool. But it just it didn't hit for me, Mitch. I'm surprised that you're coming down on it so negatively. I mean, I haven't seen a SpongeBob film in or a SpongeBob episode for that matter in probably close to a decade. So I don't have the same amount of skin in the game here. But I think or sponge or fuck sponge in the game. But EA Sports it plays it plays game. exactly how I remember it playing. Where even when I was a kid, I feel like a lot of the jokes was in SpongeBob like didn't necessarily land with me all the time. I feel like I would just like pick and choose them. Even as a kid, I was I would be like, "That's a dumb joke. That's a good one." Um, and I was very selective about my SpongeBob. And I feel like in it's this a movie, issue. a lot of them don't land. But I think that there is a sentimental. Uh, streak through this movie that does land to me. I think that the the core and the heart of this movie is really strong. I think it takes some like departures that are um not that strong. Like I think I think the whole bit in that like western town is a bit of a drag. Um the live action shit. But I think it has some really strong points when they go to Atlantic City and the first half of the film is strong and I love the trial sequence near the end. I think it has like good, strong heart and some funny writing in it. Does the trial um, include the song? Uh, I guess maybe. Um. Anyway, I uh, to to get onto the to the animation style. I'm with you in the sense that it doesn't quite work to me. There's something weirdly uncanny about it. I was talking about how it looks delicious, and. It, it, but it Wouldst just has like this, like this shiny like starburst laffy taffy uh, that seems like a bit more colorful than, than Spongebob normally is. I mean, the colors aren't, aren't quite right. Um, well, hang on. I'm still going. No, but like, is it about them being right? It looks different on purpose. It's different on purpose. Like, what does right I, I, mean? Like, that right, was my point. Perhaps about, like, right isn't the right way to put it, but it... it, it, it there is something that it that it it's a significant enough departure in the way that it looks that I found it arresting to the point that it took me out of the film because um, I was I was just too busy on on concentrating how different everything looked um, and but I think like that was a, definitely like the case for like the first like half hour of the movie and then I found that I was able to engage with it more on the level of its sentiment and the other things that I enjoyed. So I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I really, I think I, I'm much more positive than you are on it. Um, in fact, like I might recommend this to people like that. I, I had a good time, but I think that it's, I, I would have liked to see some things done differently, particularly in the, in the cosmetics department, which I think it's, uh, oh, only okay. If not like kind of rough in some places. I'm somewhere between you both, but I'm much closer to Liam. Much, much closer. In fact, I think I, I would probably like... I think I'm a little softer on it overall, but my complaints are all the same. Um, I think the opening of this movie, where it plays most similarly to a SpongeBob episode... Any episode of SpongeBob you've ever seen. ...is the most effective part, because it felt like I was at home, you know? And, like, it was just like, ah, yes, the familiar trappings of my boys getting up to various hijinks. Good morning, Patrick. 
and the bit goes on for for a while and i enjoyed that because it made me smile and remember what it was like to be a child and that was great um this movie truly lives and dies by your willingness to put up with the amount of shit from the real world they want you to be aware of in this movie. It's really crammed in. Like, I think you could cut out that whole midsection. So, the weakest element of this movie is something that Liam has already articulated. It's largely a structural problem in that it's like, they want to do this, like, vision quest approach. Like, the, like the, the hero's journey with like a with like a wise elder along the way problem number one uh the wise elder is keanu reeves's head in a tumbleweed which is is kind of amusing maybe the first time it's amusing when you go oh that's keanu reeves and then you go but why you know he's just doing the borderlands thing where it's like you have to find the ark and also it's just like we don't need him here like i don't know that's weird the okay I'm actually going to, I think I have a note that will help um, drive this home and how I reacted to a lot of how this worked. Crazy to pad the runtime of a sub 90 minute movie with a Wild West dream sequence. And then I have never been more let down by anything in my life than this turning into a Snoop Dogg song with dancers. Because like, conceptually, I was actually kind of fine with it. And then when they were just going to be like lost in like a threatening place, I was like, okay, we've literally seen that before. I'm down. Let's do this. And then even at first I was sort of like, okay, I'm going to hear you out. But then it's like the Snoop Dogg reveal took me right out of it instantly. I was like, it's it's kind of a subpar. It's a subpar dance sequence. It's not that great. It's shot so flat and uninspired and like it's, it's just there to keep a kid's attention in case they got bored in between the part where they stopped to get being in the boat and they started. But walking it's so much worse. Like I think it's I, bad. I, I think agree. It's, it's, I think it's interesting in the bit where you see them wake up in the desert. And it's like, what are they going to do with this? This is interesting. And then they do that. I do think the El Diablo bit's funny. It's better. Yeah. But at that point, it's already lost me really hard. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to come back from. the The living La Vida Loca introduction is like it causes me physical pain yeah like it's really jarring and the biggest thing is just it it's with that and with the flashbacks like the cutesy baby boy bibby babis flashbacks like it's just it's really relying on the generic trappings of we've made a children's movie in between like 2017 and now like they're all just this and while this movie does have moments of like un deniable spongebob gold there's there's stuff in here that's very fucking funny in a very specifically spongebob way but so much of it around that is either like relatively aimless and when you think about how like pointed the storytelling of like an episode of spongebob was where like no matter how off the beaten path it got it's like there was a point to the thing that was happening and certainly with the dream sequence detours and the challenge coin and the fucking whatever the fuck and the gambling it's a bit, bit it's a bit rudderless the gambling just the montage is like you're just spinning your tires and then um there's the, but within that gambling stuff there is some funny like, right but there then, are and also we bits. don't see enough of king poseidon to like establish him meaningfully as like an antagonist so it's like he's just a guy who did like a shitty thing once yeah, and he's like, like okay. oh, I'm not a bad guy in the end. Yeah, and um, none of that really clicked. The celebrity stuff is weird. The None of these recognizable human songs should be in this movie at all. Yeah. That's 
I, I'm that is my agreed. least favorite element, and it's not even close. Um, however, I have zero qualms with the way the movie looks at all. Completely zero. Um, I think it looks incredibly good. Um, the team that animated the movie is like ridiculously talented for it to look the way that it does. I think it takes the 2D design philosophy in the in the way that those things are put together and communicates it in 3D really well. I'm a very big fan of how it looks. It does feel bright and maybe a little bit more saturated than normal, but um, I think it plays well with the the 3D element, and I think everything looks really nice. The fur on Sandy's fucking crazy. That's awesome. The detail on that is yeah. out of this world. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I, I think it looks neat. I like it. Um, there are some really good bits in here. It does not coalesce into anything. And I do think that, A, the 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 human songs and like whatever, and just the generic kids movie stuff I can do without. But B, and this is a broader problem about like the way kids movies are made generally, but it's like this movie has the emotional intelligence of like a one-year-old where and i don't look i'm not asking for dostoyevsky out of my spongebob movie but like this is so one note where it's like can we make a thing for a kid that like demands anything of them at any point at all like it's just like one note friends are nice to have has spongebob ever really been like dramatically much more than than that. Like I don't think it people will convulse on the floor screaming about the future, Mitch. Things are life and death. <laughs> That's kind of a joke, and I'm not saying it's truer to SpongeBob to be like deep and yeah, philosophical. I don't, I don't That's not the, what I mean. Right. But what I do mean is we need to start making movies targeted at children in the last like decade where it feels like we want them to think anything at all. This feels like at times like a very pleasantly colored like emoji parade. And it's just like, can we put like a thought in here? Any thought at all other than just like friendship is good. Like, can you give me anything? Literally anything. Gambling is bad. They don't even determine that. He literally tells them the coin that they gambled away didn't fucking matter. <laughs> that doesn't even But happen. the robot has a gambling problem. Yeah, bro. well, so do I. Which is a funny line. Yeah, also, yeah. another funny bit is when, like they're in that jail cell and Patrick is just playing a keyboard that the music is coming out of. Like there are really good bits all over this movie, but as like an entire thing, it leaves a lot to be desired. And in lacking some of those things, it also just lacks like that sort of inherent SpongeBob pizzazz. It's got it, but I think not like it as universally. Have it, it doesn't have it as much as like the the old episodes did. No, um, but that's that's a pretty tall order. But I think like I was happy enough watching this movie to just unplug and like not think and just kind of veg out with these characters who I know and love. And let the writing take me for a ride, and just sort of revisit what Bikini Bottom. It's been a long time, and I had I had fun on that level. I'm not disagreeing or trying to like invalidate any of the the things that you said because I think you raised some really good points. Um, but I was still able to enjoy myself through this movie. Like I would pick this movie over like dozens of other films that we've watched. Um, like what? Don't say Black Christmas. 
I would pick this movie over the film we watched last week, over Ouija 2. What? Yeah. I dude, I enjoyed this dude, more. Dude, you're fucking insane. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this way Look, more. Look, I love SpongeBob, man, but like, I don't know, one of these is a movie, and one of these is like a prolonged series of SpongeBob and SpongeBob adjacent bits. I think that the Ouija 2 is just like... You're a fucking no, I, maniac. I, w- I would much rather watch this movie. I mean, maybe not by like a huge margin. Please, huge margin was my father's name. But know. but I think I would yeah, I would rather I would rather watch this than that. I think it's funny that I think Liam wants the mic. Well, I'm gonna say this one. All right, first. all right. That's how this works. I just see him clawing for it. I, he reached over once, and then I have this whole time. And also, I need to make sure that I document that we're sharing. So maybe he can just hold on a second, and then I'll point it over his way, and we'll do that. No, because uh, no, 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 no. You don't do it because this doesn't look like sharing. What are you doing? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. The flash is on. Yeah. No fucking shit. <laughs> shit out of my ass, dude. Um. Well, man, you look pissed. <laughs> I'm doing a bit. Um. Don't post that, please. I haven't seen it yet, but I would just rather you didn't. Um, that's all I need to know. A jump scare. I think it's very funny that Plankton has a telescope on his own house that he has to pay to use. It's a good bit. And then he makes a Krabby Patty formula uh, analyzing machine and that also costs money. That's very funny. That's a very good, very SpongeBobby bit. I like that. Yeah, there are certainly jokes in this movie that are funny and also probably jokes I missed because I was thinking about how I, you know, maybe wasn't liking the animation or wasn't liking uh, the Western saloon scene that just passed. Um, so I'm, I I got to say I am interested in rewatching this movie and I want to ask Mitch, do you think this would hold up for you on a rewatch? Or do you have any desire to watch it? I don't again? have any plans to rewatch it. Um, but yeah, I think I probably would. Um, I'm not dying to watch it like tomorrow. But I think I could confidently recommend this movie to somebody. Where I think with like Ouija 2, I don't think I would. In fact, like I was texting Abigail throughout being like it's actually pretty good. The Spongebob movie where Keanu Reeves name drops Skype. Yeah. Interesting. That's a genuine deal breaker for me. Shit like that is like heinous. You I really don't like it. Like you don't SpongeBob like your postmodern Bob. SpongeBob doesn't know what an iPhone is, okay? But like, there's always Patrick's never been on Discord. But there's always like, been this like shit's not real. There's always been breaking like the wall with SpongeBob, where they go up to like, the surface and talk to David Hasselhoff, or or like they that's just... different. Uh, but there's there was always David Hasselhoff turns into a boat. <laughs> But there's always been like that that layer that they that they gleefully break in SpongeBob and interact and kind of always, wink, wink or did at they the do audience. It once in that other movie, they do it sparingly, but they've done it in the other episodes too. But what are they, you know what they don't do in this movie? They don't do it sparingly. They do it all the fucking time. It is aggressive and, and in really unclever, uninteresting I think, ways. I think that's true. In some I'd ways, you turn David Hasselhoff into a fucking boat or something. I, I think in some ways, Keanu Reeves tell me to get off Twitter. In some ways, it's shitty. In some ways, it's shitty. Like I, like I think all like the live action shit. That when they go to dance and all that stuff, I'm with you, but I'm there for like some of like the more like the references, and I'm there for like Keanu Reeves or something. Like it's all it's all right. Like it's fine. It works for me. It's not gonna break my SpongeBob movie. 
Yeah, I find I find myself much less bothered by a reference to Skype than I do these elongated sequences. Yeah, that, it's that the, it's the pacing in the sequences bother me, not necessarily like the content uh, uh, terribly. Like I think the dancing is shit, and and that whole thing is shit. But yeah, anyway, sorry, keep going, William. Yeah, to me, all those a lot of those sequences because they do really stretch out. Um, they felt like scenes that were like ideally meant to be isolated afterwards in like a YouTube clip and get a lot of hits on YouTube as like a kid could would repeatedly rewatch like the Snoop Dogg song or repeatedly watch the Live in La Vida Loca thing, uh, repeatedly watch one of these uh, scenes from Camp Coral. Um, and when those sequences are happening, it didn't feel like there was enough jokes and in SpongeBob, you know, I'm, I'm so used to a joke coming a mile a minute. Um, and so when it slows down so much, it really bums me out. Um, the reason I still want to rewatch this thing, um, you know, partly is because I, I, I love SpongeBob as a property and so I would want to solidify my feelings on such a big thing like a film uh, more so. And so I would need to do a a few more watches to do that. But it's also because some of the jokes here really are funny. And so I want to be able to latch onto those, become more familiar with them, uh, pick up on any jokes that I might have missed that I think are there. but I do think it's it's gonna be hard to to get past some of these long sequences, and I think it's kind of uh, ironic that Weezer is in this movie because Weezer is also something that people would argue went on longer than it should have. Um, well, Weezer's still going, as is SpongeBob. Yeah, um, is SpongeBob still getting? Oh no, yeah, I guess the spinoff shows. Is the core show still getting new episodes? Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, um, they're on season fifteen, bro. What? And if they were doing a season a year like other shows, it would be twenty-four. <laughs> um, but Weezer went on very long as well, and uh, some people say they should have stopped after after um, the second album. You know, not dissimilar to SpongeBob stopping after season three. People say it would have been perfect, and I am of the mind with the Weezer camp that it is worth all those other albums for the gems that you can find on those albums. Um, and I think that's also where I land with SpongeBob. So I am okay with this. If it's going to happen, you know, we can't turn back time. We can't make it so that they, they stopped after season three. We can't make it so that they stopped after album two. Um, but I, I do have enough confidence in these people that, some good jokes are going to come of it. Some of the creative team is still working on it. And there are still good jokes in this movie. Uh, I really think the robot is hilarious. Basically everything the robot says is funny to me. Robot abuse. Robot abuse. It's a great bit. Um, so I'm, I'm disappointed by this movie. But then... Patrick rides a mobility scooter one stair at a time up an entire flight of stairs and you laugh again. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, so what can I do? It is, it is confusing to reckon with something that, uh, 
has gone on so long and is is now so different than you remember. It's like seeing an old friend and the friend has they got, changed. They got really into CrossFit, like extremely into CrossFit. Yeah, but then occasionally they uh, make a reference to SpongeBob, which you guys both used to watch together, and you're like, you know what? Maybe you're still in there a little bit. Um, but yes, the thing that really bummed me out about this movie is that it, it really did just feel like hobbled together. I don't know if that's the right word. Hobbled? Cobbled. It felt cl- cobbled together. Cobbled. Like, did you guys hear the way that the, um, the ending, the, the classic SpongeBob theme, yeah. that plays over the memorial like to Steven Hillenburg? I think it sounded okay, but the way it transitions yeah, yeah, yeah. into the end credits, which, yeah. which samples it, it's literally like you can hear someone hitting play but like at the wrong moment it's, it's like it's like an unfinished cut yeah it's like somebody dropped it in they're like this is our placeholder for like we're gonna clean this up later once the movie's done and then nobody fixed it genuinely it's like an embarrassingly bad cut yeah i had to replay it a few times to make sure i heard it correctly and i i really do think that this movie does kind of feel like in in multiple places there was just like not a whole lot of uh consideration either before the fact or after the fact um like they kind of just got carried away needing to make a movie and so you know to make a movie you can easily call in some favors from from friends who are down for the spongebob paycheck or maybe like have have uh kids who love spongebob of course they're gonna want to be in a spongebob movie and i think it just the movie kind of got away from them to me it certainly got away from me yeah, I uh I agree. I think with the bulk of that um it's hard to argue with a movie that has I will rule bikini bottom as its new slop king as a line of dialogue which I think is quite good or the fact that uh they never question why Mr. Krabs keeps the Krabby Patty secret formula in something plankton sized that he can like carry around. That's a great bit. Like as if he has a version that was exclusively for what he gave up all hope of being alive and he could just like pack it in it's a great bit i don't even know if that's like their intent behind it but it's very funny um but this i do really think what it comes down to is this is going to hinge on the structure and how well the detours work for you and if they don't work you're going to have a tough time but like it's inherently funny when patrick answers a keyboard like a phone asking who's there and nobody talks back it's funny every time I will just say that I think it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting, Corey, that you didn't have a problem with the animation, not because I think that one should have a problem with it, but because you didn't have a problem with the animation and you're still coming down low on the movie. I can't help but feel like if this were animated in 2D, I would like it a significant amount more just because it would feel more... um, lived in and true and like it would make it i would feel a lot less cynical about it like when they go to atlantic city um and it and it looks like las vegas oh yeah um it just it it feels so disconnected from a story that's established and i think it also the 3dness makes it way too easy for them to bring in live action people uh and i think that is uh it proved itself to be a slippery slope whereas 
Um, in the second movie, you know, there was a lot of a lot of worry on the SpongeBob message boards about on the forums about how how they were going to handle the 3D stuff because that was sacrilege, and I think they did it very cleverly there by making them 3D once they go above above water and interacting with live action that way, and so to then fully abandon that um t- and then like not really explain it at all just be like this is the way things are now it, it is kind of unsettling to me not unlike the western saloon abandon all hope ye that enter here it's like in the movie i do i do agree that the zombie people in the saloon looked awesome at first yeah. and then when it just became a snoop dog dance sequence i was so disappointed because i really did think that was a stark interesting visual yes would have loved that would have loved that yeah they should have done like a slasher bit and i would have been like okay great bring back the hash slinging slasher i'm down even though he was never truly a threat the hash-slinging slasher was a false flag, dude. You gotta be so careful about these things. Um, so with that handled, I am not going to be on the podcast next week because I will be too busy. Uh, while you, while you guys record, I will be crying. So I'm gonna be a little occupied, exclusively because of that and for no other reason. Um, it's my funny joke. I'm gonna be at a Boy Genius concert. Uh. And their music can be sad. I earnestly don't know if I'm if I'm gonna make it either. So um well like we'll see. I'd like to, but I just have a chaotic week. My sister's getting married next week. It's just like I'm super busy. Congratulations, Laurel. Yes. Um yeah, congratulations. So here's what we're gonna do. Next week there will be an atypical episode of the podcast in your feed. Um, Mitch. What? You, do you have anything you want to plug? No. What a diva. Uh, Liam, do you have anything you want to plug? I think you might have a couple of things. I've got a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can find my accounts under the username Graham the Mallow. I also have a SpongeBob fan fiction uh, that you can find somewhere. And if you ask me, um if you no 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 no. (laughs) yeah oh my god if you find one that you think is me and you ask me i'll tell i'll tell you if you're right but but i won't give you any info beyond that it's like uh yeah i like that um is there anything else you want to plug at all think about this you also record it it's relevant to this movie you do it with friends of ours oh good point (laughs) Uh, I do a Weezer podcast. Weezer pod. We we haven't got to the official Sponge on the Run soundtrack yet. We are every episode we cover a different album at this point. Um, so we have put out episodes about the Blue Album and Pinkerton. Uh, so if you like Weezer, or if you're interested in Weezer, or you just like hearing the sound of my voice, I talk about Weezer with uh, two other musicians uh, in my uh, in my city, and I, I think it's cool. And it's on YouTube as well. It's on YouTube, and it's also on Spotify. It's called In the Weeds with Weezer, the Little Bitches podcast. And if you know, you know. Um, 
If you go to MortalCombatConquest.ca, you can find all the stuff that I make. It includes MK PodQuest, a show with our friend Neil, where we recently watched a movie that was so bad Neil didn't finish it, and I did it purely to punish myself for being like Icarus and flying too close to the sun. That's MK PodQuest and all the services that you need. And uh, Strat 2, an F1 podcast with our friend Callum, is uh, on that website as well. We have not recorded recently, as he was away um, for a running event in lake placid so we didn't get to it but we'll be back soon um you can find me on twitter at a pastel heart and uh the show is on i'm on letterbox that mr Corey price the show is on letterbox that tmao let's not get carried away i don't know why i even plug that anymore i've never updated it liam hardly at all um thank you all once again for listening to this episode of they made another one you can find us all over the internet on Twitter at... No, I keep saying it like the... I have it on autopilot to say Twitter. On Instagram at they made another, which is all one word. It's our new thing. If you go to our Instagram, you can see a couple different things. You can see Liam's SpongeBob collection that he brought a small part of to this episode. You can see the fact that we've been sharing a microphone the entire episode, which has certainly created curveballs that are not typically here. I've never felt closer to you. Never done a podcast with a rock hard boner before. Dude, me neither guess what that sound was um (laughs) um i forget where i was in the outro but uh you can rate us five stars in all your podcast services we're available on all of them those include spotify apple google podcast stitcher and breaker and all that stuff you can send us an email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes questions comments your favorite spongebob bit would genuinely love that um our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, fucking something is going to happen next week. Have they made another one?